Hello and welcome beyond the neutral zone. I am Brandon, joined by my good friends Tanner and Ben. I don't know why I said hello this time, but I did. It's over. You know, just get through it. Uh, but anyway, we are going to discuss the divisional round this week. Um, four games. I was rooting for four teams. All four of those teams lost. So, not the most fun weekend in the world. But we will get into all the games, discuss what we think happened wrong for the for the losing teams, what went right for the winning teams. And we will just get right into it. Uh, we'll discuss first game on the docket. Saturday, day game, Texans at Ravens. Ravens win 34-10. to um, Tanner. Okay, Ben, you want to go first? What what do you, what do you what's your take on this game? Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. I was just pretty sure that I hit a parlay, and I actually hit a five leg parlay. So, okay, well, before we get into the games, what was your five leg parlay? Um, the Baltimore Ravens money line, and for that game to go over forty three and a half points, which both of those hit, obviously. Uh, for the San Francisco Forty ers money line. The Detroit Lions money line and the Kansas City Chiefs money line. So, okay, it was a five-leg parlay, mostly filled with favorite money lines, bunch of minus money, and then um, the over to hit also with the Baltimore Texans game, and then for Kansas City was an underdog, so one dollar one eight nineteen. So, okay, I, I made. I actually would have expected it to be more than that, to be honest. More but, or yeah, less? I would have expected it to be more than just well. Eight. 49ers money line was minus 450, yeah, and the lines was minus 270, so. Gotcha. All right, well, uh, Texas Ravens, Ravens win 34-10. to 10. Tanner, what's your take on this game? Um, didn't go like I thought. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be much closer than it was. Um, Ravens defense is just legit, bro. Like, I don't think CJ played bad. He just came up against a really stout defense. Um. I don't necessarily think Lamar played, like, out of his mind. He definitely played good enough to win the game. Um, you know, he he pretty much done exactly what we said couldn't happen for the Texans. Uh, I mean, you get 100 yards rushing on, what was it, like 10 or 11? Yeah, not, I mean, not so great. He made a lot. I mean, he made a lot of plays with his legs, and that's exactly what we said couldn't happen. So, I mean, you know, I, I got to give credit where credit's due, man. That defense, that defense just just played stout. I mean, it really did. That's the first time. I think that's the first time the Texans have been, um, their offense has not scored a touchdown all season. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that Wait, defense came did, to did, did, did the Texans defense score a touchdown? Texans defense did. Up that return. Oh, that's right. Up the return. return. Okay, I was about to say. Yeah, so that's the first time that the, uh, the okay. Texans offense has been held scoreless all season. Got it. So, yeah, the defense showed up. Um, I thought... I, I thought schematically um I thought schematically the Texans would penetrate the defense just a little bit more. I just really wanted to say penetrate during this podcast. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was really like where to did, say penetrate. I was like, where did that podcast. go? Yeah, I really wanted to say penetrate at some point. But yeah. Um the defense uh yeah, Ravens defense is legit. Um that's pretty much all I have to say about the game. What, what what I'll add to that is I just think in general the Texans were overmatched in this game. Look, the, the Texans have a promising future ahead of them, but they weren't ready to play that level of defense. And the Texans look, the Texans defense has overachieved this year. 
but in reality, they just don't have the pieces to be a good defense, okay? They, they were not built to face an offense like the Ravens, okay? Like, they just – their the Texans' passing defense is non-existent, so even the Ravens can throw against them. And their run defense is pretty good against a traditional running team, but the Ravens are not a traditional running team. So, like, this is just a disastrous See, matchup. This is terrible. My only pushback on that, and, like, I feel like this is what you're going to say – I feel like the rush defense let them down more than the pass defense. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Even from a statistical standpoint, like, yeah, passing wise, I mean, taking statistics out, like, the Ravens didn't like blitz them from a passing point of view. I mean, I'm pretty sure yeah. they had. Didn't you say they would have like over 200 yards on the ground? Didn't yeah. you? I said did you that predict that? I said for the 49ers. Oh, okay, okay, but I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that. they had over 200 yards on the ground. So I mean, yeah. I don't think it was. Maybe I misunderstood. Yeah, you. yeah, I was saying that their their run defense is good against a traditional run offense. The Ravens are not a traditional run offense. I thought you, okay, yeah. I thought you meant their uh, their pass offense let them down in this. No, okay. just I'm saying their pass defense was already bad, but mm -hmm. then their run defense has held its own this year against yeah. traditional running teams. But the Ravens are not a traditional running team. Mm -hmm. Um, and what. What we talked, what I talked about with which, which we all knew the Texans weren't going to do this with the defensive line containing Lamar mm. and not over pursuing. That there was maybe two plays the entire game that I saw where they actually did it the right way. Well, I was like, whoa, they just did it the correct way. And then the, there was literally only two plays that happened. The rest of the time, it was it was just somebody diving for Lamar's feet. If you mm. if you leave your feet against Lamar, he's going to break off a big run. You cannot leave your feet. You can't do it. So stay on your feet, even if you don't get the sack. It's not that big of a deal. But the Texans, they weren't capable. Even if they wanted to play the correct way, they, they're just not capable of doing that. So There's not a single team that's capable of doing yes, that. Yes, there are. Oh, there's not. Yes, they are. There's not a single team that can form a perfect line around Lamar with a perfect I've seen it happen. line. I've seen it happen. And then have good enough secondary to also cover their receivers. I've seen it happen. And tight ends. I've seen it, Ben. Look, you this Ravens team is better and Lamar is better than yes, three years ago when the true. Titans played that's in the playoffs. That's true, but you still don't have to play perfect coverage, okay? you don't. It's not like you have to have perfect coverage the whole time. All you got to do is be close to the guys. And they weren't – no, like they just weren't doing that. Uh, so, I, I, I don't know. There's not a single team that's capable of staying close to those receivers and tight ends for six seconds so at a time. You, you know what teams Lamar struggles against the most? What, Brandon? The Go. AFC North. The teams that are most used to playing against him, and that's how they play against him. That's what they do. I'm telling that, that those are the ones that are most used you know to what, it. You know what teams everyone struggles the most against, Brandon? The ones they have to play against twice a year, Brandon. Ben, that sometimes is true, but it's also sometimes not true. Like the Packers do a lot better against divisional foes, traditionally. That's so, because their division is trash. No, but it's, it's, it's what I'm saying is like just because people play against you all the time doesn't mean they get the answers, but it means they can get the answers. And the AFC North over the past few years has slowly started developing the answers on how to play against Lamar. Really, they figured out the answers whenever the Ravens went like 13 and four this season. Sorry, 14 and four this season. Go look who their four losses were against, Ben. I mean, I, it, you just proved my point for me. I'm, not, I'm saying, okay, yeah, they figured out the answers. They have four total losses on the season, Brandon. Yes. Like, I get, okay. The what AFC North sucks this year. Okay. Oh, my God. I don't, like, I, they're not, anyway. So, so, so did not, a lot of, so did every division, apparently. Here's the thing. Next week, 
against the Chiefs. When the, we'll, we'll get to that Wednesday. I'm not even going to talk about you that. You just refused to give Lamar Jackson credit. I, I didn't see anything that was really creditable in this game. I just, I mean, I, I get and it. And the offense putting up 34 points. Yeah, no, well, they suck. They're the worst offense I've ever seen. If you just pressure them. If they're you playing against, them the right way. They're playing against a bad team, Ben. They're playing against okay. a bad team. They sorry, a bad team doesn't make it this far in the playoffs. Yes, they, they do. Did don't. you see the the Buccaneers? The Buccaneers are the only team that can say that, and that's because somehow the Eagles made the playoffs. Uh, somehow the Browns made the playoffs. The Browns were a good football team. They had a great defense. They had a great defense, but not a great offense. I, I don't know what to tell their you. offense had been doing just fine. They did good for a few weeks, but it's not a good football team. Okay, I, I, we need to. That's not the point that I'm trying to make. I don't the know. Browns were better than that. the Packers. I don't. That's not true. That is. But true. we're gonna. We're, I actually don't agree with you. Yeah, there, bro. I'm sorry. I, I don't agree with you. There. Ben doesn't. I have a lot that. I want to say about this. So, game, about that game. Any, like we're, we'll get to that in a second. I have a Bottom lot line is, look, the Ravens are in the AFC Championship game right now because they earned that right by performing well in the regular season this year. They got the one seed, got the bye, and they got to play against the worst team left in the AFC. They earned that right, so I'm not going to take that from them. They earned that right that they're playing against the bad team this week, okay? If they're playing against the Chiefs or the Bills, that they lose, all right? But the fact that they earned that one seed, they got last week rest, and they got to play against the worst team left, they earned that. Okay, so I can't take that away from them. They're in. They are deservedly in the AFC Championship game. Okay, I'm not taking that away from them. They deserve to be there. They earned it. Okay, I still don't think they're a good football team, but I also don't think the Chiefs are a good football team. So there's going to be a not a good football team in AFC make it to the Super Bowl. That defense is you. Legit. I do. I'm sorry. So, that defense is legit. So there's going to be a top, a uh, bottom half of the league football team in the championship. That's according not, to Brandon, that's not that's, what I said at all. Good grief. I literally, I don't understand why you said that. That's not what I said. I said a not good football team. Okay. Anyway. Next, we'll go move on to the next game. Packers at 49ers. 49ers win 24 to 21. All right. I'll I'll talk a little bit about this game. I'm, I don't have as much to say as you may think I will, and then I'll move it on to Tanner. I, I'll just speak as a Packers fan. As a Packers fan, the loss itself is not a big deal. Like, I'm not, it's not frustrating. It's not annoying. It's not heartbreaking or anything like that. It's, you know, all of that's completely fine with me. And I have a, I'm extremely happy with the team. I'm extremely happy with the coaching. I'm extremely happy with the way the season went and especially how the season ended. I'm thrilled to death with everything and I have great hope for next year and moving forward. With all that being said, this loss, the way it happened, still hurts, man. It hurts, okay? And before I let Tanner say what he's going to say, I will make one point. I'll, 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 I'll have more points to say, but I want Tanner to speak before I make more of those points because he may have some of the same points. My main one main point is if it's not raining in that football game, the Packers win the game. I 100% am convinced of that. Um, and I've we got to start raining. the whole game. The whole game it rained the whole game. I, so, all right, Tanner, go ahead. You Go ahead. So, I was... You know, I I don't know if we've touched on this in the podcast, but like I know, me and you have had a lot of conversations when it talks about, you know, well, we disagree when it comes about like mostly the playoffs being all about luck. In my personal opinion, I think 
this is the one game oh, I treat. Well, I'm not going to say one game. <laughs> this is like the shining example, in my personal opinion, of like the 49ers got lucky in this game. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 the 49ers got lucky. I can't. I can't say and they got I'm, lucky across the board, but yeah. I think they got lucky with the weather. That's what. That's what I'm they saying. Got really I'm not lucky saying across that. the board. Yeah. I'm not. I'm saying from a weather aspect. Yeah. Because, dude, that last drive. That was like a monsoon, bro. Yeah. Like I don't think it was rain. Like it came in waves. ninety percent like waves. It wasn't raining that that hard it, throughout most of the not, game. Most of I would say ninety percent of the, the game. Last drive it was, was not a, raining that yeah, hard. It was rough. Like it was rough. But and and that just doesn't that does not fit the Packers' offense, man. Yeah. Especially in that kind of situation. You're right. You're you right. know. So and then once again the special teams the missed field goal that would have taken that would have brought it to by a, the way, a one score game. By the way, I mean, went last episode. What did I say about that game? What was, I actually don't know what I, she said. I said that it would be a close, hard fought game and the Packers would lose because either either a missed extra point or a missed field goal by Anders Carlson. They didn't lose because of that. I don't they think did. they I, lost. I think they lost because of that. It was the forty ers were still ahead. And even in that no, city, you couldn't no, they would have been. They would have been twenty one. It was twenty one. They would have been. They would have been up seven if he made the field goal. Yeah, it would have been twenty one. Yeah. No, no, dude. Are they you were, sure? They the, were up yeah. four. They were up four. If they kicked the field goal, they were up. They'd be up seven. They were up seven. Yeah, they were up four, and he missed the field goal. The forty okay. ers yeah. went down, scored a touchdown. So, and, and if they score a touchdown, the last drive that the Packers had, the one that Jordan Love threw an interception mm-hmm. on, if that's a tied game, the Packers are approaching that. That drive a lot differently. They're not going to be. Out oh, I agree. So I agree with the that. Packers win that game if he makes that field goal, and then also the Packers are playing defense a lot differently too when the 49ers have the ball. So the Packers win that game if he makes that field goal. Which the Packers defense, I mean, they, they play. They, they, were, they didn't play amazing. They were okay. They, play, they didn't play, but against the 49ers with how y'all talk about that, what well, I'm not going to say y'all, but how yeah. good that 49ers defense so, is, a, they played good enough a, to win that game. A few things that helped the Packers right, there. Can the, I tee off for a second? Wet, uh, let me finish this point real quick. The The weather helped the Packers defense too. I don't think it helped them as much as it helped the 49ers defense. And Debo Samuel going out as early as he did also helped the Packers mm-hmm. defense. So the Packers defense did okay, but they had a lot of help. So, go ahead, Ben. All right. I'm about to tee off on both of you. The weather helped the 49ers more than did the Packers, and I'm sick and tired of hearing otherwise. Yes, exactly. Let, That's what we just said. The for, it, the it we- helped the 49ers more no, than helped the, the Packers. Okay. The weather helped the Packers more That's than it helped the 49ers. True. No. And you can say no all you freaking want to. All, all right. Brock Purdy. This episode is just oh, going to oh. be you guys arguing. Bro. <laughs> Brock Purdy could not throw the football. Yes. And all these people true. saying Brock Purdy is garbage without Debo and all this other crap. He literally couldn't hold on to the football. He, right. he had like 20 throws. Yes. 20 right. in this game that all just slipped out of his hand and looked like dying ducks. You're right. Just because the Packers don't know how to intercept the freaking football. Yes. And they're playing too because far of rain. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. Yes. What? So, ben, so ben, look, I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you. It hurt Brock Purdy no. a lot. Okay, I Hold understand. Let that. me finish. Literally, it made the 49ers' offense one-dimensional. Now, lucky for them, they do have Christian McCaffrey, but also, if you're Joe Barry, guess what? You realize that Brock Purdy can't freaking throw the football in the rain. You're like, okay, it's raining too much. This dude literally can't hold on to the football. Yes. You send all 11 people after you're Christian right. McCaffrey. You're right so about that. So that's, that's on Joe Barry. George that's Kittle not on the 49ers. That's not anything. Joe Barry did that a oh lot of the God. game, but Christian McCaffrey is so good it doesn't matter. 
Okay. I just completely Look, disagree. Yes, the rain hurt Brock Purdy a lot. Okay. We all agree with that. It hurt Brock it actually hurts you're, Brock Purdy more than it hurts Jordan Love. You're, you're right about you're that. You're also acting like Aaron yeah. Jones didn't torch the 49ers defense himself. And he also dropped toss pitch tosses because of the rain. Literally dropped like two. Ruined drives. Drives that were marching down the field. How many drives got ruined because Brock Purdy couldn't Flame make a devil's you advocate. Need dropped interceptions? George Kittle had a massive drop, yes. and that that you yes. that was because of rain. Yes, that and, and the Packers had multiple massive drops because of rain. And let me look. Okay, look. Brock Purdy is hurt by the rain more than Jordan Love is. Let's get that out of if the way. If it's perfect, can sunshine, I finish what I'm saying, what, dude? If it's perfect sunshine, the 49ers are beating the no, Packers. Still, that's it. True. Still would have been if a close game, sunshine, but they still beat them. The Packers score a touchdown on almost every single. That's run. not true. Dude. Yes, it is. No, it is just not. Look, okay, so listen. Okay, then if it's perfect so, sunshine, Aaron, listen, what do the 49ers do? Listen to me, Aaron, You you just said Aaron Jones torched them. Okay, Aaron Jones torched them when the 49ers knew that the Packers couldn't do anything else. He still torched them. So imagine if it's sunshine and they can throw wherever they want to, too. The whole team is torching them. They're scoring a touchdown Okay, every so time. then what are the 49ers doing if it's perfect sunshine? Please finish what I'm saying, dude. Listen, the, the rain hurt Brock Purdy more than it hurt Jordan Love. Okay, I've made that point five times and Ben keeps cutting me off. The rain hurt Brock Purdy more than it hurt Jordan Love. That is correct. 100% true. Okay, the Packers' offense, though, what they the past eight nine weeks where they've been on fire, they have been throwing the ball all over the field. It's an unstoppable offense. He throws it wherever he wants to. He can sling it at whatever angle. The receivers have great hands. They can catch it contested, uncontested. Doesn't matter. The receivers cut hard on their routes. They're wide open. It's all perfect indoor. Like uh, dome style offense, you, you can't stop the Cowboys game. Perfect example. You just can't stop them. Okay, then you get the bring in the rain. They can't be as aggressive with the football anymore. That's what when the when the Packers turned their season around this year is because they started getting ultra aggressive, and that rain changed things where they're not able to be ultra aggressive anymore. Now the 49ers, Brock Purdy's hurt. Yes, but what do the 49ers want to do? They want to run the ball anyway. So who cares if Brock Purdy can't throw the ball that well? Let's just run the ball every freaking play. So it hurt the Packers more than it hurt the 49ers because the 49ers are so good at running the ball that you could send all 11 players and know they're running the ball and they're still going to move the ball on you. And Christian McCaffrey can be being tackled by four people and he's already slippery. You add water to it and he's even more slippery. They can't get him down. So yes, Ben, the 49ers are hurt by the rain. The Packers are hurt more by the rain. Also, the missed field goal can be probably caused by the rain as well. Did you see this? By the way, there was an extra point that they probably should have missed. The snap was sliding across the ground. Yes. And the holder did an incredible job on that extra point. You're acting like so, both teams did not play in the rain. Yes. And the, it hurt Brock Party more ben, than it hurt Jordan Love. Let's, and what's let's, the most important position in football? Ben, your quarterback. You're right about Jeez, all that. Let's dude. just look at the styles of off. Which style of off? Because I said this at the early at the beginning of the year, too, with Cowboys, Giants. What's like. What style of offense is hurt more by the both are? Can I, they can both I, throw the ball down the field. The 49ers also do too yes, with do, play action. But they do, they depend on the run more than the Packers do. So therefore the Packers are hurt more. What do you need? What do you have, Tanner? Can I can I weigh in on this really? Yes. Okay. You're not going to like this. Okay. <laughs> I, I know that you're not gonna like I this. I have my opinion but and I I hey, know your, that I'm right. I don't no, care. It's your, it's your opinion. Yeah, go like one hundred percent. Opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got one. Okay, but I personally do think the weather does play more into the Packers than the 49ers. Because 
You're saying it hurts the Packers. Hurts the Packers but, more than okay. it does the 49ers. Yeah. Okay. Because the over the overall style offense is just like Brandon was saying. I'm not going to repeat everything that he was saying. I do agree with him. Don't let that go to your head. But I do agree with him just in the aspect of if you just go back and you just look at everything, like taking we can consider the Cowboys game maybe an anomaly because Aaron Jones did go absolutely off. But it was four straight weeks of him going off. Well, though. yeah, but yeah. four straight weeks. But I'm yeah. saying the the Packers just have a the Packers have a pass style offense, man. Like you can't deny that, dude. And the 49ers, the 49ers offense, I, I, I will say, I'm not going to say it's a rush style offense like you're saying, but I will say it's more of a balanced offense than the Packers is. Can you at least give me that? Uh, that's the 49ers true. is more balanced than the Packers I would say is that's because true. Because the Packers are more passive. Also, that is true, but also the passes that the 49ers do do are usually pretty close to the line of scrimmage. They don't go downfield that often. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Packers do. The, the, Packers, the Packers, their offense is designed to stretch the field. Because even yeah. whenever he throws those under re- underneath routes, they're coming open because they've got vertical routes too. And the, the 49ers don't have to worry about those vertical yeah. routes. Yeah. There was a few balls. I don't remember if it was, if it was Bo Melton or there was a, I know there was one throw to, to the sideline, Romeo Dobbs down the field that he catches every yeah. single time that it went through his hands. Bo Melton had another one go through his hands. Like it, it's just like, Man, if it's not raining, like those guys have proven all year, they make those catches. Um, and dude, the biggest one, the big this, I think this was like in, still in the first quarter, the Darnell Savage pick six drop. Oh yeah, I mean dude, that, that was that was a carbon massive. Co- it's a carbon copy of the Cowboys game. It, it yeah. was Darnell Savage in yeah. that one too. That's when he pick, he does that pick six. It's game over. Bro. That may be the easiest, and I'm not trying to cut you off. That may be the easiest interception I've ever seen drop. And like look that, in, in that throw that bit. I, but, uh, let me say this: um, Brock Purdy had a lot of throws that obviously were affected by rain. That one wasn't. That was a perfect spiral throw. He just threw it to the wrong spot. I mean, he just—I don't know. He just didn't see Darnell Savage. I don't know. It was just a terrible throw. And Darnell Savage has a pick six, and he takes his eye off the ball to look to where he needs to run to score, and the ball just slips through his hands. It's just. Oh man, and that—that's another reason why. Oh, that's another reason why it like, hurts so much. I said in my in my prediction. Obviously, I did pick the Packers to win this game, but I'm not going to say the 49ers got off to a slow start necessarily. But it wasn't great. It wasn't great, and that's exactly no, the start that the Packers needed. That the if two, they would have intercepted that, dude. Yeah. It very well could have it, been exactly what I predicted a ten nothing game at the end it, of the first. It would quarter. have been ten zero if he like, got that pick six, dude. I mean, it would have been that 10-0. was. Yeah, it, it's just a lot, a lot for the pack, and I, I hate, man. I, I literally hate the. In some in in some cases, yes, you can make it, but I hate the luck argument when it comes down to a lot of stuff in a lot of games. I just Look, I, I hate that one. argument because of how long the game is. But this game specifically, there was just so many circumstances which just unlucky for the Packers. I'm I'm not gonna call. I'm actually I'm the Packers fan. I'm not even gonna say they lost because of bad luck. Yes, I think the weather helped the 49ers, but mm-hmm. Debo Samuel getting hurt helps the Packers almost as much as it as the yeah. rain helps the 49ers. So yeah. I think that those things kind of offset each other, to yeah. be honest. So I'm not even going to say the Packers got unlucky because the 49ers are just a better team, okay? Even if the Packers were better that day, 
the 49ers are a better team. So I can't really say the Packers lost because of bad luck, even though the weather really, really hurt things. But they, the Packers in the, like the second quarter showed some rhythm, and, and the third, especially the third quarter, showed some rhythm of being knowing how to play. Now, I think the rain did die down in the third quarter, so that may have helped. Mm -hmm. But the Packers showed some rhythm in the third quarter on how to, how they need to play. And then it just it just that drive where we were kicking that field goal at the end, by the way, mm -hmm. that we missed the field goal. I thought for sure we were scoring a touchdown on that drive. I don't remember exactly what happened on like second and third down. I remember there being something strange and me being like, oh, we should have got a touchdown on this drive. I can't remember what it was now. But the fact that we were even attempting a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown was painful right there. I was like, dude, we could be ending the game was right it, a it wasn't a penalty, was it? Was it a penalty? Uh, I can't remember, dude. I can't remember exactly what it was. I'm not sure. But I, I, if it was, it wasn't anything like – it wasn't like an official mistake or anything like that. Did you but. see – I I hope this is well I hope this isn't legit and this was completely fake. But did you see what Matt LaFleur apparently said about his kicker after the game? This wasn't after the game. This was it wasn't, yeah. So you know the quote. So that I know I'm what he's about. I know what you're talking about. I don't even think this was supposed to be public. I one of like the insider dudes yeah. the, I can't remember which guy it was, but what, I think it was one of the ESPN reporters, one of the ESPN insiders mm -hmm. reported during the game, literally like during the football game, that he had spoke to Matt LaFleur about Anders Anders Carlson and it's like what if the game comes down to a field goal kick by Anders Carlson and he was and Matt LaFleur told him I only I think this was supposed to be off the record because knowing Matt LaFleur, he doesn't say stuff like this publicly. Yeah. I'm assuming this was supposed to be off the record. But he said, whenever he goes out there, all I can do is pray. That's that's what that's what that's yeah. what Matt LaFleur said. Dude. So that was reported during the game. Oh my gosh. It was and, and they reported that right before he kicks that field goal. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, guys. Jeez, like bro. And look, so this is this is nobody would know this if you're not a Packers fan like listening to and to Packers podcasts and reading Packers pages all the time. But Matt LaFleur wasn't the biggest fan of Anders Carlson to begin with. Even when even before I don't remember if they drafted him or just signed him. I don't remember. But I'm pretty sure they just But their special teams coordinator, Rich Basaccia, who was the interim coach for the Raiders a few years ago, who did pretty well. And people were like, oh, he's gonna get a head coaching job, but he didn't. And the Packers had a terrible special teams. They've always had a terrible special teams. So they're like, oh, we're going to hire this guy, and he's going to fix our special teams. And he comes in. Last year, he's trying to stick with, um, gosh, I can't remember the slot receiver's name that I hated so much out of Clemson. I can't remember his name right now. Last year was his third year, and he was terrible. We thought he was going to be really good. He ended up being terrible. But he was the punt returner and kick returner that just kept muffing all the punts all the freaking time. It was so frustrating. Anyway, Rich Basaccia comes in last year, and he's that guy's still muffing punts, muffing punts, and just doing terrible on kickoffs. And Rich Basaccia is like, oh yeah, we're gonna stick with him. And if finally it's so bad that they just have they can't he can't stick with them anymore. And he just throws Keyshawn Nixon in there to return kicks. All of a sudden, Keyshawn Nixon is the best kick returner in the NFL. Why was this guy not playing the whole time, Rich Basaccia? Um anyway, now Rich Basaccia, he's the guy that was all in on Anders Carlson. He was all he was like, Anders Carlson's my guy. I promise you he's gonna be awesome, he's gonna be awesome, he's gonna be awesome. I, I I'm trying to I I wish I knew for sure if they used a late round draft pick on him or not. I don't remember. I think they probably did. Probably like a seventh round pick or something. Anyway, and he was all in on him. And Matt Lafleur was like, "Okay, you're the special teams coordinator. If you believe in this guy, go for him." And to be honest with you, early in the year, 
I, I like Anders Carlson. I thought he was going to be good. I was like, dude, for a rookie kicker, dude, yes, he's missed a couple of extra points. But in general, he's done a good job this year. I like. But the later it's gotten in the year, man, and especially if it's not ideal weather, he has been bad. Like, really, really bad. Like, especially in got-to-have-it crucial moments in the fourth quarter. It's just even the ones that he makes are just barely going in. Like, even all the even all the extra points and field goals that he kicked earlier in that game just barely went in the uprights. It's like, dude, like, if you're going to be an NFL kicker, you've got to be better than that. And it's it's just, look, dude, anytime, anytime you can think of I don't want to use the word dynasty, but anytime you can think of traditional perennial powerhouses year in and year out for like five, six, seven year periods, any of those teams you can think of, obviously the Patriots are one of them, but even during that time, you can think of their their competitors. You can think of the Colts. You can think of, uh, or some other ones that are like, like the Chiefs right now. What, What do all of those teams have in common? They've got a field goal kicker that makes the freaking kick every freaking time. They don't miss, especially in those clutch moments. They never miss in those moments, ever. Tom Brady's kickers, never missed. Peyton Manning's kickers, never missed. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' kicker, never misses. I, you, I, I, I love how you're throwing that out. I, I just, you know, I, I, I love how you're it, throwing it, that out. There's a, there's a pattern. Shades. There's a pattern here. All right. There's a pattern here. Uh, what are some other, like, I can't remember Drew Brees' kickers. I don't remember if he was in that many, like, crucial moments or not. But It was Will Jared... Lutz, wasn't it? No. Will Lutz is really young. No, it wasn't. Will Lutz is terrible. No. Um, was it not Will Lutz? No, it was not Will Lutz. I think he kicked for him one year. Maybe, like, the last he, year. I, I'm, he's kicked for him one year. Maybe. Yeah. But, anyway, it was not Will Lutz for the majority of the time. Um, but, anyway, like, I, dude. And another thing is. Other good quarterbacks that put together good careers. I can think of like Philip Rivers. Okay, Philip Rivers. He like he was in those moments a lot, and we don't remember Philip Rivers as being a great all-time quarterback. They missed a lot of field goals at the end of those games. The Chargers were notorious for it. Every time they were in the playoffs, missed field goal every freaking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like so. Here's the thing. Like I'm not. I'm not saying that like the Packers or need to blame everything on Anders Carlson. They missed some plays in this game. Okay, they had some opportunities that they just didn't make. The dropped interception is a big one. Um, a few just miss Jordan Love. The last interception, I'm not too worried about. Like, you're trying to make, you need to make a big play to get you, to save the game for your team. You don't have much time. Whatever. The first interception he threw was a bad throw. He was, it was. I don't remember who was throwing. I think it may have been to Aaron Jones. It was behind them and high, and it was got tipped up in the air. That was a bad throw. But so Aaron, uh, Jordan Love made a mistake. Um, uh, Aaron Jones dropping the pitches and slipping all over the place. Like Aaron Jones made some mistakes. So like everybody made mistakes. So I'm not pinning this all on Anders Carlson. Okay. I, I don't want to be one of those guys that blames everything on the kicker. Okay. It's not all the kicker's fault. But if the Packers want to turn into one of those teams that is perennially in the conversation each year for like the next six, seven, eight years, they've got to have a reliable kicker. Uh, uh, by the way, another team that I forgot to mention as perennial like contenders was the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Every time Mason Crosby was put in that situation where he needed to make a clutch kick, he made it every single time. Okay, he, anytime it was a clutch moment, the Packers never lost games because Mason Crosby missed a kick. Okay, that just that that never happened. Okay, they lost for a, a lot of crazy reasons, but it was never because of Mason Crosby. Okay, so the Packers need to find another guy like that, and Mason Crosby. In general, over the course of his career, was not the greatest kicker in the world. Okay, if we're being honest, 
But the clutch moments, he was. He was always clutch. So we've got to... And and I got to give credit to Matt LaFleur, too. Because um, Anders Carlson has been struggling the entire second half of the season. And Matt LaFleur said, we're going to stick with him throughout this season. And we're going to give him the shot for the, for the moments we need him in the playoffs. Okay? And he's like, and I want to see what he can do. And we're going to give him that chance. So all the credit in the world, because I think he deserved that chance. Okay? I'm not saying we should have moved on before the playoffs. He deserved to have this opportunity. But he had the opportunity, and it's blown. So now it's over. All right, we got to move on to somebody else now. I, I, I mean, it sucks, but that's just the reality. If this, if this was just a one-off where he, where he'd been doing great all year, and he just happened to miss this one, I'd be like, eh. I mean, it happens. Bring him back. But he's been struggling the entire second half of the season, so I, I think you got to move on from him, which sucks. But I, I don't know. And it also depends on who you can find. Obviously, I mean, I, I'm sure there's. It's not easy to find a reliable kicker. I understand that. But I look at the MLS. Just go to MLS kickers. Yeah. They will set records for you. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I, still like Anders Carlson, and I actually think that he can be an NFL kicker. I do believe that. But the, it's not going to be with the Packers. The Packers, like, look, I am being super nice to the guy right now. Most Packers fans hate that guy's guts right now. Okay? They don't want to see his face ever again. So I don't think, I don't think the Packers is the team for him. See, no. I just can't. I just, think, I just think he's a rookie kicker, and you just stick with him. Well, like, see, I, I, the only reason why I push back on that is Evan McPherson. Like we, we, and there's other guys too. We've seen rookie kickers step up in those clutch moments. Evan and McPherson has struggled since his rookie season, dude. But he's he's struggled, but not like a real struggle. Yeah. The thing, well, the thing with Evan McPherson is, I, I he earned with that. And Harrison Bucker was a rookie run, that when they won the first Super Bowl too for the Chiefs. Harrison Bucker was a rookie. Like with rookie that cool. run with Evan McPherson, he earned a grace period. Oh, like yeah. he earned like oh, a good amount of grace. Yeah, 100%. rightfully so. And I mean, you can you Harrison it, and Harrison Bucker this season. He had some struggle moments this season mm-hmm. too. But Harrison Bucker has been legit for the Chiefs for the past three, four years, however long mm-hmm. it's been. Yeah, I mean. Goodness gracious, but I like I like again. I like Anders Carlson, and I think there's potential there. But I think if he suits up in that Packers uniform with that G on his helmet again, I think that that moment is going to stay in his head, and he will never be a good kicker for the Packers. I think he could be a good kicker for somebody else, but I, I don't think it could be for the Packers, man. I I think that that ship has sailed because those guys with great the grace period that you're talking about isn't just with those teams; it's with their own mentality because. Mm-hmm. If you go on like a one-year tear where you're incredibly clutch for your team, if the next year you miss a couple of kicks and it sucks, you know, you know that you can perform. It's like, dude, I did this last year. I can do this. But Anders Carlson doesn't know that. He has, he's never done it. He, he he's had one opportunity and he blew it. So I don't. I know. just can't. I'm I'm sorry. Like, it may it maybe maybe this is just me. Like, did that did that miss field goal? Did that missed field goal hurt the Packers? Yes, it did. Am I going to be one of those people that say it lost in the game? I'm personally not going that far. I'm sorry. Like, I'm I'm oh, not bro. going to turn around and say that a missed field goal lost you the game. I'm not. Like, if it was a game-winning field goal or, like, inside of two minutes, yeah, I'll give you that, man. But, like, I'm not going to say, yes, it hurt the Packers. I'm not saying that. But I I don't know, man. I'm, I can't say that lost you the game. Look. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm just telling you 
the pressure from everybody inside that building in Green Bay and all of the Green Bay fans on Anderson Carl Anders Carlson now, that pressure is way more pressure than what he was feeling during that field. Oh, I'm not I'm not I'm not arguing with that. I just don't think if you as a Packers organization, if you've got a choice to pick a, a question get a question mark kicker or stick with the kicker that's going to have immense pressure on him next season because of what just happened, I'm taking the question mark kicker. I'm taking the guy that's not going to have the pressure versus the guy that is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling the dice on another guy. I, I just I don't think he can do a whole lot worse. He may not do better. And if he is worse, he's not going to be a whole lot worse. Uh, I just At the end of the day, with this Packers offense, man, you don't need a kicker that's going to just make an insane amount of kicks and just always make it. We need a kicker that's going to make it in a clutch moment. Okay, like that's the Packers' offense is going to be good enough. We don't, we're not going to kick a whole lot of field goals next year. Okay, like they're just that's not going to happen. So we just need it when it when the mat when it matters the most in the playoffs. The weather's not going to be great. It's in January. We need you to step up in that moment and make the field goal. Like, yeah. And look, it's not like it's not like the wind. Like it was rainy. Yes. So maybe the whole may not have been quite perfect, but it wasn't a 55-yard field goal, man. Like, it's a 41-yarder. And for NFL, that's a chip shot, bro. You don't have to put any power behind that at all. Just just pop it up there, bro. That's all you got to do. I, I, do, I do have a question. So, like, and you can speak to this as a Packers fan, okay? But, like, I get it, okay? But I get the dude struggling, but does the fact that it was against the 49ers again I don't care weigh in on how the Packers fans are feeling about no. it? No. Uh, well, I think some Packers fans, yes. Not, for me, no. I look, I the 49ers, it's not like, okay, the Cowboys lose into the Packers, okay, just consistently year in, year out, especially this season, where the Packers should be the far inferior team. And lose like the Packers, like the Cowboys, have got to be going psycho off of that. Okay, I understand that. The 49ers, there was only one year where the where the 49ers beating the, the Packers it was really really painful for me personally, and it was the year that the Packers were hosting at Green Bay. We were the best team in the NFL that year, and we just couldn't um, quite finish it out at the end. And they made a last second field goal. Now. Emphasis on the word made. They made the field goal. Um, so it was probably a similar range, by the way. It was probably like 40-something yards. But anyway, I, so that one really, really hurt me. But the other ones, the 49ers were the better team. So the one the year before that one that I'm just talking about, where the, where the Packers just got obliterated, uh, Aaron Rodgers played terrible in that game. But the, the 49ers were a better team anyway. That was the year the 49ers lost to the, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, the 49ers were a better team. Uh, the next year, the Packers were the better team, and they lost, and that's why it was so painful. This year, the Packers were three and six. Man, we made we fought our way into the playoffs as a seven seed. We beat the number two seed. We destroyed the number two seed Cowboys, and now we're playing against the 49ers, and they fought and fought and fought and looked good. It looked good. They looked good, despite the weather. Still looked good, and looked like the better team most of the time. And then the 49ers ended up winning in the end. So I'm not, I'm not really heartbroken by the 49ers. Like I, the 49ers are good, and I'm tired of losing to them. But I, it's not like I see the 49ers and I see a boogeyman. Like that's not the way I see it. Um, this year the 49ers were a better team, 
So I'm not I'm not too frustrated about it. Um, Anders Anders Carlson, I feel really bad for the guy. Um, and if if all Packers fans could be calm about it, like I am about him, I would love to have him back. But I just know that that's just not the case. He he has he has DMs on his social media guaranteed right now from Packers fans. Uh, that that that's I, just over I, the I mean top. it is over the top. So you're right, top, right? And it is. Like, but on, but the reality bro. is he does. Like we all know he does. So like that's the and so that puts even more pressure on him. And like and as a Packers organization, if you have a choice of not to deal with that, just go ahead and wipe this slate clean and start over, man. I it sucks for him. But uh, most people are not going to be rational about that, if we're being honest. So. I know this probably isn't going to be, and we can, I'll say this and then we can move on, unless Ben, you have something you want to say. But like, I'm tired of talking about it. I'm hoping it's going to be one of those situations where, which I know kickers are different, obviously. Hopefully it can be one of those situations that drives him this offseason to. I don't even know if I can say that, man, because there's just something about the pressure of kicking in a yeah, game. It's different. Attitude. I just I, don't even know. I, look, you can't so, replicate that. You know what I'm trying to say, yeah. but I don't even know. So here's, you can't you can't replicate that, right? Like you so, just can't. So, so the way I'll paint that out is what you what basically you're saying is like it's going to drive him to work harder this offseason and become even better, become even more focused. With all of that is exactly correct if you're talking about Jordan Love. So Jordan Love had two mistakes yeah. in this game. Yeah. And especially that last interception, he's going to think about that all offseason. And I, I believe that he is going to use that to be determined to become even better this offseason. I believe all that. And I think a quarterback is capable of doing that. Like you were saying with a kicker, I don't know if that's really possible. You just, you just can't replicate. You have to have major confidence as a kicker before you go out there. And then you go out there and you're already confident and you make it. You can't wait till you make one and then become confident. The like, thing, it's just you already got to be confident you can, before you go. You can take a college kicker, bro, and just – you can take a college kicker, put him on an NFL field. I think he can make 10, 20 field goals in a row. Like, if yeah. four, I'm talking 40 yarders. But you take that exact same kicker – and, I mean, I don't even have to say this because it's common knowledge. You take that exact same kicker – Give him a forty-five yard field goal in that situation, and he may only make seven out of ten. Yeah. I don't even 10. think it's like, that much. Bro. The amount of pouring rain and wind, also that people just aren't taking into effect, it was still pouring um, rain, yeah, and the um, wind yeah. was blowing insane. Like that was not an easy field goal. Can give him some grace because of weather. I think I, I hope so. I would love to. I would love for them. I to. think they should stick with the dude, but that would be best case scenario if there wasn't. Needless pressure on him, but I just think there's going to be needless pressure on him, which is just unfortunate. Um, we do need to move on. We need to move on. I want to mention Christian McCaffrey for just a sec. Christian McCaffrey is just awesome. I mean, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I mean, several plays where he had like three Packers just all over him, and he just somehow squeezes through and gets out of that stuff. It's just like, dude, if I was watching any other running back, I'd be so pissed at the Packers, but then I'm just like, dude. This is Christian McCaffrey, bro. This is what he does. So, um, some a couple of those George Kittle plays, by the way. I understand it's George Kittle, but how is he that open? <laughs> I mean, I mean, some of them. I mean, he's by himself. I mean, we like, called it before. Let's be honest. Yeah, and Quay Walker got hurt a little bit too, didn't he? Yeah, I think he ended up playing still. At, but. Yeah, at the end of the game, he got hurt. But, uh, dude. Anyway, yeah. 
Well, it also didn't help that they tried to have, the way, like, uh, Preston Smith guarding them most of the time. and all Yeah, they they things. had some strange concepts. And, and that's Joe Barry, but yeah. I'm tired of talking that's about what they were doing. So. By the way, I want to say th- th- this, too. In the Cowboys game and in this game, Christian Watson was active for both of these games. They did not use Christian Watson basically at all against the Cowboys or the 49ers. So even though he was active, he must not have been healthy yet. Which this game I understand more, too, because he is more of a deep threat. So, like, not having him kind of makes sense in this game. You want more of a route runner with pure hands that even in the rain is going to focus on the catch. But You want to know why um, one of the biggest reasons why we can point to weather really affecting the Packers Dontavion Wicks did not even have a single target. They didn't even throw to Dontavion Wicks a single time. That dude has been insanely uh, used, like just nonstop thrown to a ridiculous amount the second half of the season. So anyway, the fact that they just didn't really throw the ball in that area very much was frustrating, but they didn't really have a choice. Anyway, we need to move on. Great season, Packers. I'm thrilled to death as a Packers fan. That one still hurts. It you know, punch to the gut, you know, but I'm still thrilled to death. Way to go. Uh, great job, Matt LaFleur. Great job, Jordan Love. Great job, all these young players. And great job, Aaron Jones, leading all these young players. That was fantastic. I I loved it. I, I This was this may have been my favorite season as a Packers fan. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I, I've been a Packers fan since Aaron Rodgers' first year starting. And out of all of those years, I think even the year we won the Super Bowl, I think this is my favorite year. I I love, love, love being an underdog. And the way they turned things around the second half of the season and proved a bunch of people wrong, I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Fantastic. Um, for the rest of Jordan, love and Jordan Love's stint in Green Bay, however long that may be, we're not going to have that underdog. People aren't going to look at that look at us that way anymore. So this was the one season we had like that. They probably won't be like that again, unfortunately. But um, – but anyway, I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Let's move on. To the Sunday games. Early game. Buccaneers at Lions. Lions win 31-23. to Tanner, what's your take on the game? Honestly, dude, this may be very unpopular, but I- I'm going to kind of focus on the Lions for a minute instead of kind of focusing on the Bucks because I do have some things I want to say about the Bucks. Okay. But, dude, look, man, I've got to give credit where credit's due. Jared Goff is just really impressing me, bro. Yeah, dude. Like, he is, dude, he doesn't even look like the same quarterback that he has in the past. Like, I don't know if it's just being under Dan Campbell or the the OC the new OC like I don't know what it is man but he just looks so comfortable yeah, in the pocket he does he is fantastic dude and I know he's got weapons around him um I personally I kind of disagree with some people I'm not gonna say Baker played bad I don't think he played good enough I think his stats are a little inflated but that's just me personally um I don't think he played necessarily good. I do think that first interception was really bad. Like, I, I think well, the first... I, I'm saying... The first from, interception was right through Mike Evans' hands. I, I get it. But I'm saying you from... That I'm, bad? Not ba- I'm not saying bad from the fact of the interception being bad. I'm saying bad from a... From... I don't want... 
from a momentum perspective in the game, even though the Lions did come back in tight 17-17. I'm just saying, from a momentum perspective, I feel like it may have slowed the Bucks down just a little bit. That's Ooh, just me yeah, personally. It though. definitely did, but uh, I think that's all on Mike Evans. Yeah, I, I don't yeah think and I'm, I'm not, no, I'm okay. not I'm not blaming that on Baker. Oh. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Mike Dunn, I mean, once again, a drop that led in, to an interception, but Mike Evans did have a big game. Oh, he, he game. turned it on he after that. He turned it on. He dropped he another. He dropped another one after yeah. that. But then yeah. after the second drop, yeah. then he he played great. I mean, I think he had. I know he had. What was it? One fifty for a lot. It was about one fifty. I think yeah. it was around one fifty. Mike Evans. Like, yeah, it was one forty seven. One forty seven. Okay, look at this dude on the dot with it. I have pulled up. So yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, my my biggest takeaway with this game is just. I just Jared Goff looks fan, Jared Goff looks fantastic. I want to start talking about the Lions 49ers game, but I know we're waiting on that. Like I do have some stuff I want to say about that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah, um, that's my personal opinion on it. This just I am just massively impressed with what I'm seeing from Dan Campbell and and Jared Goff in this game personally. David Montgomery still sucks. I'm dying on that hill. <laughs> he, he did play poorly. Yeah, the Buccaneers have a great run defense. They do. They um, do. Now that's I do want to. That's a good transition. So I, I, the first half, this was kind of a game about adjustments here. Mm-hmm. What, what this game was really about. The interception of the first half, the, the Mike Evans drop was it changed the momentum big time. Mm-hmm. But the first half, the Lions were trying to stay committed to the run. They could not run the ball. The Buccaneers' run defense was just stuffing them, stuffing them, stuffing them. They could not do anything. They could not do it at all. And second half, the Lions said, screw it. We're just going to throw it every single play. And that's what they did. And the Buccaneers' secondary is atrocious. So they they just kept throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. And they just kept moving the ball all the way down the field. And Jared, credit to Jared Goff. Yeah. Now, the Buccaneers' secondary is bad, but Jared Goff took advantage of it. And he was dude. He was throwing dots. That's like, what he needed to do. Yeah, yeah. He was throwing some so, great passes. So anyway, so the Lions made the adjustments at halftime, and the Buccaneers were a step behind as mm. far as making their adjustments. Like they didn't do awful in the second half, but they were just they were a step behind. Mm. And that last interception that Baker threw, I don't really know what was going. On. I like. It would have taken the most perfect throw Aaron Rodgers has ever thrown in his life for that to be a complete pass. Mm-hmm. And even then, maybe not. <laughs> now, it was a great interception, but it was never going to be complete. Okay, it was 100% going to be a deflected pass every single time. Yeah, It was still a great interception, but Baker has no business throwing that ball. If he's and yeah, he has a little bit of pressure coming from his left, but it was like second down. Throw just throw it at your guys. You're you got four downs, bro. Just throw it at the guy's feet. Let's get rid of it. You know, like that wasn't. And he's he's, he, he's always he's, had the reputation of a gunslinger. That's what I was yeah. going to say. He's so, been aggressive his entire career. Yeah, that that just didn't work out. Yeah. Anyway, for for me, this game pretty much went how I thought it was going to. The running games actually did even a little bit better than I thought they would, honestly. But um, they still didn't do great. Jared Goff played pretty good. A lot of people are trying to flame Baker because of two interceptions. The first one was completely just a Mike Evans drop. That was almost as bad as the Patrick Mahomes, Kadarius, Tony pick six play that happened against the Lions. Like, it was almost that bad. Mike, It hit Mike Evans purely in the hands, and he dropped it, and it got picked. But um, the second interception, yes, it was a bad read. And the throw just, it wasn't there to begin with. 
But that's part of what makes Baker Baker is he is a gunslinger. He does make those type of plays from time to time. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And that time it it didn't. I didn't think it had a chance, honestly. Like Brandon said, it was pretty much always going to be deflected. Now, we do need to talk about the fact that the dude got up there to get that pick. He jumped so high to pick that ball off. Now, even if he didn't pick it, again, it probably wasn't a complete pass. But um, that's pretty much it. I thought the Lions might lose this game just because they continued to lose their offensive linemen. Their left guard, Jono something, and Frank Ragnow, their center, both got hurt at one point. But Ragnow ended up coming back. Then he got hurt again. <laughs> He's after kept the getting rolled on. So, like, it... That offensive line for the Lions is absolutely legit. If they lose some of those pieces or they're not healthy against the 49ers, I think the 49ers are a better team anyways. But if they don't have fully healthy offensive line, it's going to be a problematic game. So, yeah, I agree. Anything else anybody has to say about this game? Uh, I mean, Amon Ra, by the way, Amon Ra St. Brown is an absolute beast. Yep, yep. And he's another one of those players similar to C.J. Shroud where I was just way behind as far as giving the guy the credit he deserves. I, oh. I, Amon Ra's rookie year, I thought it was a fluke. I was like, ah, yeah. it was just one of those weird rookie fluke things. Like, he's not going to be a big deal the rest of his career. But he is he is an absolute beast, bro. Yep. He's really, really good. So. The, the weapons that um, Jared Goff has to throw to is just insane. He Amon Ra... Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, yeah. Jamison Williams. Um, I don't know who B. Wright is, but he caught a pad. That That's their other tight end. He's a blocking tight end anyway. But then you also have Josh Reynolds as well, yeah. who was a slept-on weapon as well. Yeah. Like They just have weapons everywhere. Dude. Yeah. yeah, very, very good. All over the place. Sam Laporta was basically like almost not even used in this game. By the way, yeah. like he was not he only had a couple catches, but he he had nine catches for sixty five yards. Whoa, whoa, whoa! He had nine catches for sixty five yards. They were the most quiet catches. By the way, nine catches for sixty five is kind of weird. Yeah. That's not very yeah. That's, that's really short plays. Yeah. So that's why I didn't notice him. Every um, catch he had was like five yards. Yeah. But anyway, all right. Um, so we 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 done with this game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Next up. Chiefs at Bills. Chiefs win 27 to 24. Tanner, do you want to go first in this one? Uh, I mean, I can. To okay. be honest, like, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I'm not going to flame Josh Allen like y'all probably think I'm going to. I mean, both him, both him and Patrick did play good. Um, I did say there would be, I did say that there would be turnovers in this game. Did I not say that? I did say that there would be turnovers in this game. Well, there was Not just there was just one turnover, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. The, the 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 touchback, the fumble touchback was mm-hmm. the only turnover of the game. Still turnovers. That was it. But yeah. Um yeah, Pat Patrick Mahomes played great. I this this honestly in my opinion just straight comes down to the miss the miss field goal. Like that that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I I honestly like with how Patrick was playing in this game and making plays, though, oh. I am one thousand yeah. percent confident he at least gets a field goal. Yeah, the, like, the, I, I am one thousand. I completely agree with you. If, if, um, if the the Bills kick that field goal right there, there's a minute and a half, and the yeah. Chiefs have two timeouts. Yeah. The Chiefs are going to get in field goal yeah. range, and Harrison Bucker, like I said, he yeah. doesn't miss those. Yeah. It's going to go in. Yeah. So we it was going to end on an anticlimactic field goal anyway. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree with you on that. Um, because like you know. 
that I would say from how he looked in the game comfortable, I think that maybe if not the best, I would say that's probably either I would say that's probably top three how I've seen Patrick play this season so far. This season, like, yes. This season. One hundred percent. Yes. Um Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey looked good. Um as well. Those I mean those those two touchdowns were massive from him. Yes. So I mean, yeah, there there's not honestly there's not a whole lot I have to say about this game. I said that I trust Patrick Mahomes to win this game, even though it kinda ended anticlimactic with a missed field goal, so I didn't get to see like a last minute drive. But I am one hundred percent confident if Tyler Bass makes that field goal, they drive down yeah, and they, that's they a fair take point. a game with Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that. Um my all, everything that you said, I agree with pretty much there. And I, I want to make it a point to say really quick, because I know I've been hard on Josh. Uh, look, I'm not faulting anything with Josh in this game. I mean, he made he made great he made some great throws in the game. He made a lot of plays with his legs in this game. So, like, look, Josh played great. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not faulting Josh at all in this game. Yes, okay. I agree. Josh Allen. He is still Patrick Mahomes is still his dad. But when it comes to postseason, he's still Josh so, Allen's daddy. Well, but. I, think, I, I will. I I do think Patrick Mahomes played well in, in this game. Mm-hmm. I also think Josh Allen played better in this game than Patrick Mahomes. Um, this is, I, I, I am, I, I think Josh Allen plays well a lot. In my opinion, if you're just talking about how Josh Allen performed, this is the second best game I've ever seen Josh Allen play behind the last, the other time he lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That was the best game I've ever seen Josh Allen play. Mm-hmm. This is the second best game I've ever seen Josh Allen play. And he almost won it by himself. And here's why I say by himself. He had so many, just especially the deep shots, perfect throws, just mm. basket, yeah. perfect throws that were dropped. Just he at least three deep ones, at least three that were big shots. And two of them were to Sherfield down the left sideline. And those two, and you know who Sherfield's taking the spot of in this game? Gabe yeah. Davis. If Gabe Davis is in this game, the Bills win the game 100%. Like he he catches those two balls, and if those two balls are caught, I'm not even talking about the Stephon Diggs one. Stephon Diggs one, that ball was thrown like 70 yards. That's hard to catch. Okay, I'm not. I don't really even fault Stephon Diggs for that. That throw was ridiculous. That may have been one of the best throws I've ever seen. Um, but the the two the turf field on the left sideline, those that's supposed to be Gabe Davis, and if it is Gabe Davis, he catches them. Um, and not to mention, if Gabe Davis is in the game, just the threat of that it opens up more things in the middle of the field. So, and after after those two drops by Sherfield, uh, Josh Allen started running the ball a lot. And, dude, he, like, individually, like, every time they scored, other than, like, maybe two plays by Khalil Shakir, Khalil Shakir made, like, two plays that were, like, clutch plays. The rest of the game, everything was done individually by Josh Allen, by himself. He almost won by himself. Um, another thing I want to point out is the Bills' defense. Yes, Patrick Mahomes played well. But the Bills' defense, what are they doing? The, Patrick Mahomes played well, but when I say he played well, he made like four or five passes kind of middle range to Travis Kelsey in this game that were really good throws. And maybe one one to Rasheed Rice. So five or six throws by Patrick Mahomes in the middle of the field, intermediate distance that were really good throws by Patrick Mahomes. The rest of the offense, the entire game, was screen passes. And the Bills just could not do anything about it. Like, 
adjust. Like, dude, like you're giving them these screen passes where they're getting five, six yards every time. Do something differently. The corners on the edges, too. Every time there was a screen pass, like the Travis Kelsey touchdown on the pylon is a perfect example of this. Yeah. What are the corners doing? Why are you allowing him outside of you? Your job is to set the edge and force him back in. Why are you all? It wasn't just Travis Kelsey. There were other screen passes too. They were getting the edge every single time. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, look, the Bills have had injuries on defense all year long, okay? But the reason why I'm not going to use that as an excuse for the Bills is because even with those injuries, they've performed well all season long. They just keep interchanging, throwing more people in there all year, and they've done great all year long. And then all of a sudden, the Chiefs were like, okay, we're just going to do screen passes on you all game wait for you to stop it. And and the Bills just never did. It was – that's unacceptable. Yes, Isaiah Pacheco is going to run hard. He's going to do well. I, I don't fault the Bills' defense for that. Isaiah Pacheco is awesome. But the screen passes, you all, I've said it several times, I hate screen passes. They just don't work. In general, they don't work. But for some reason, against the Bills today, they worked. Every single time. I don't know if there were any screen passes that didn't work tonight. I think every single one of them did. So, yeah, like, I, it was very annoying to watch. The Bills actually did a lot of screen passes as well. So. But theirs didn't work as well. <laughs> the Chiefs played it pretty well most of the time. Uh, Khalil Shakir made – that's what – Khalil Shakir did two of them that worked well. Um, but the but the rest of the, the Chiefs, dude, they did – I don't know how – I would love to go back and see how many screen passes they threw in this game. But I'm guessing it was somewhere – it was probably about 12, 12 or 13 screen passes. And every single one of them worked. Every single time. And it was that's annoying to watch. And yes, Pat, Patrick Mahomes even he made throws that were not just the screen passes that that he did well on. So Patrick Mahomes is a good quarterback, okay? Like so, I'm not. There's not a big deal there. But the the Bills, if you if you give up a big play because Patrick Mahomes great makes a great throw, hey dude, you just gotta clap your hands and give him credit, okay? But if you're allowing them to move the ball down the field on you from screen passes. That's unacceptable, man. You've got to do something different. You've got to fix it. Um, and even with that being said, even with the Chiefs having a lot of success on offense doing that, the Bills, most of the game, were, were doing just as good on offense. But something happened and after halftime where the offensive – because they were running the ball really well in the first half too, the Bills were, with James Cook. And all of a sudden, the third quarter, they could not run the ball at all anymore. They were literally – every time James – at halftime, I needed like I, I had a bet on James Cook to get a certain number, like eighty something yards, uh, combined rushing and receiving. And at, at halftime, I needed him to get like eleven more yards. He didn't get it. He ended up one yard short of that. He got like ten yards the entire second half. He literally just they they could not run the ball. It was crazy to watch. Um, so Josh Allen again was like, "Heck, I gotta do this by myself." Now the last drive where they ended up kicking the field goal that they missed. That third down play, or maybe I think it was the second down play, where he had the guy come up in the middle of the field where he was had pressure coming from his left. He left that throw about five yards short. If he doesn't, that's a touchdown. And they got a good chance of winning the game because you're forcing the Chiefs to go score a touchdown. Maybe maybe they don't. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that hurt. Now, the commentator, Tony Romo, he, he pointed out Stephon Diggs coming up underneath route. Did you hear him talk about that? I did. So yeah. I disagreed with Tony on that, by the way. Stephon Diggs was coming open from the linebacker that was – they were kind of playing a zone coverage. He was coming 
loose from the middle linebacker there, but there was another like nickel corner that was waiting for him on the other half. I don't think there was. There was. Yeah, I was. Now, I mean, like he was a few yards off. He was a he few was, yards, like, yards. But off. he had. But as soon as as soon as Stefan had broke the line from the middle linebacker, that nickel was already sprinting forward. He was already moving towards Stefan. Now, Stefan Diggs could have caught the ball and gotten two or three yards. Yeah, which would have made it would have made it like third down and. Like five instead of third down and eight or whatever, but it it wasn't going to be a really successful play. I think Josh Allen made the right decision on who to throw that to. He just left it short. He he felt the pressure yeah. and he left it short. It, it, see, and that's something so, that I was going to bring up. And I was genuinely expecting heat from you guys when I said this, but like watching that play, especially with Josh Allen's arm strength, I don't think. The contact affected that throw no. as much as they're agging it no, on. Like, it didn't. The, like the, the, I, the I, just, contact, I feel like he just left it short. The contact didn't affect him because mm. he released it before the contact happened. Yeah. But the pressure affected the way he turned his hips, and he yeah. didn't get as much thrust into it as yeah. he usually does because now, it looked like he left that. Yeah, I would say bare minimum three to five yards. Yes, short. exactly. Yeah, now usually even with pressure like that, Josh yeah. Allen usually flings that thing. Okay. But yeah. for whatever reason he and Tony Rumble pointed this out in this game too. Josh Allen was playing a little more passively than he usually does. He was not putting the ball in harm's way. His hand was also bleeding. So I don't know by the way, I don't know what caused it because the replay that they showed for that He literally slid and a helmet hit like his upper arm and then all of a sudden it went back and his wrist is like just torn. Yeah, I don't think that was the play that caused the blood. I don't yeah. I don't know what it was. But anyway, I that's fine. I don't think that's a big deal. But that throw, usually when he's getting pressured like that, he still fires it in there. But for whatever, this game, he was making sure not to turn the ball over, which I, I want to give him credit for. Because if he does, if he turns the ball over one time in this game, they lose. it's not really even that close. Okay? So. Well, they lost anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Say. So, on that particular play, too, whenever you're in that situation of the game, look, a field goal. Here's the thing. I think if they're down by four instead of three. I think he makes that throw. Because if you're down by four, you're not even caring about a field goal. You're, you you got to get touchdown no matter what. But because the field goal was still an option, he was still playing kind of passively. And because of that, he didn't want to sling it as hard as he normally does. He wanted to play it a little safe. And he just didn't put enough on it. And, you know, it, it sucks um, for him that, that he played so great the whole game. And that one throw, just not quite enough on it. That sucks. Um, but, dude. He balled out again. I, 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 dude, I, Josh Allen, man, I just, I really, really hope he doesn't go Dan Marino. I, I don't want him to go this whole, his whole career without winning a Super Bowl, man. Like, he deserves one, dude. He really does. And I want to say this about the Chiefs, dude. I'm getting sick of the Chiefs playoff games being like this, man. At, at, Every single game, something at the end of the game just goes their way every single time. I'm not going to lie, It's bro. so frustrating. I don't want to say this. I don't. Part of me feels like if... Dude, I almost don't even want to say this. Because, like, <laughs> I almost don't. But, like, part of me thinks next week, if this game is close... There's no way in hell the NFL lets the Ravens win this game. I disagree with that. Like, I, I just, bro, like, I, I just, and I, I'm not that guy. Like, honestly, bro, I am not that guy that's like, the NFL is real, all of that stuff. Like, no, I will fight you on that. I really don't think it is, bro. Yeah. But, like, 
this is the only scenario, bro, where I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's, I'm not trying to say rig necessarily, but like, can you imagine how much money the NFL is going to make and they know they're going to make with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year? I, I, don't, I think there'll be just as much with the Ravens, dude. Do you actually think that? The, dude, you think about <laughs> this. As much, like, obviously the NFL has hyped up the Chiefs the past few years and have really marketed them a lot. Who is the only team that has been marketed just as much, basically, that hasn't been in the Super Bowl? Titans. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's the Ravens. The the media keep not obviously the Cowboys, but that's a different scenario. Okay, let's, I was thinking just AFC, honestly. So, <laughs> the, but the Ravens, the media shoves the Ravens down our throat and has been. It's not even just this year with them getting the one seed. This has been like three straight years of this. Okay, where they're just shoving it down. Lamar Jackson's not there. That's not happening. So the, I think that you said the NFL would lose money with the Chiefs. I don't think they would if, 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 if it's the Ravens. I don't think that's true. I think that more people will watch the Super Bowl with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson than they will with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And here's why. I've, I, I literally just during this game and after immediately after the game, I saw four different Facebook posts from four different people in four different parts of my life that said they would not watch the Super Bowl if the Chiefs were in it. Because they're sick and tired of it. And I, I think that there's a lot of people like that across the country. Here's the thing you have to consider. That is true. People are tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Swifties are not. The Swifties are not tired of it. I agree with that. That's but, my but, thing. But yes, the, the, <laughs> there will be a lot of people that watch the Super Bowl because of Taylor Swift. And, okay. it, and Jason Kelsey's going to be at the Super Bowl, too, watching the Super Bowl with his brother yes, in it, too. That's true. Which I care about Jason Kelsey. So And this is, okay, and this is a wit thought. This is completely off topic. I have to bring this up. Okay, I'm sorry. And, like, but this one is going to be gold for Swifties and just women in general. Okay, because not only do you get to play the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift card, but you also have Usher doing the halftime show that has also come out and said that, like, this one is going to be a halftime show for the ladies. Like, he's bringing R&B back. <laughs> like, he's literally come out and said that. Okay. okay? So, okay. like, you have the Chiefs with the Swifties, plus you have Usher doing the halftime show. Like, bro. To be fair, I think I, most Swifties don't know who Usher is, to be honest with you. <laughs> but they're just going to see a very attractive man that's performing shirtless, True. grinding on they're, dancers they're not, the entire time. They're not going to okay? care who it is. They're not going to care, bro, okay? <laughs> okay? Another thing is, though, <laughs> I predicted this forever ago. The Super Bowl is going to be the 49ers versus the Ravens, and the reason why is the colors of the Super Bowl yeah. logo. Okay? <laughs> it's all rigged, bro. Dude, I... I'm <laughs> bro. Bro, if it happens, dude, that, that's what I'm scared of, though, is because the NFL is not going to let the Ravens win if the 49ers win, and the 49ers are going to win. So, like, they're not going so, to let that happen again. Uh, here's Okay, so here's the funny thing, bro. I actually find this amusing. We we're, shifted this conversation. Regardless of if we're going to think the NFL is rigged. So, yeah. it, what happened? Here, here's what I find amusing. Okay, this is the amusing part. Listen to this, guys. Okay. 
So all year long last year and into the offseason, people were talking about NFL rigged, NFL rigged, NFL rigged, all of this kind of stuff. So the NFL cleverly they, are you talking they, about commercial? They used it as a marketing ploy. Okay, they used the rig thing and did multiple commercials with it. And they even on their social media post, they literally everything they post with like all this crazy stuff they have. And they say hashtag the script or hashtag something like that. Like they do, they they've been doing that all year with their with their yeah. marketing. Okay, they literally used it as marketing. If it ends up with the Ravens and the 49ers, which was the color of their logo, the whole time, it's literally, it looks so much like it was scripted. And the NFL has been telling us it was scripted the whole year. They've literally been telling us it's a script. The best case scenario, bro, can literally be the Chiefs and Lions in this. Like, and and the script of like everything that's happened in yes. the first, the beginning of the playoff, the yeah, wild CJ Shroud storyline, the Jordan Love doing terrible at the beginning of the season, the turning it around. Like, yeah. there's so many things. Like the Lions winning the division, winning multiple playoff games. The They're, the uh, what's his name calling as eligible and not yes. actually being or. Not being eligible, even though he called us eligible, causing the Cowboys to get yes. the two seed, causing the Packers to play the Cowboys. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, and like you, you got to think about stuff like this. No name players, no name players like Josh. You get bans in the NFL. Yes. <laughs> no name players like Josh Dobbs, like dominating for a couple of weeks and just being the story of the NFL. Joe Flacco coming out of retirement and dominating. <laughs> Sideline mollies, dude. Everything that was fantastic. The stories are just insane this season. It's Tra Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Like Jason Kelsey shirtless after his touchdown. And you got to see that. Jason that is a gorgeous man. Jason Kelsey losing. Jason Kelsey losing and retiring, and then being in the press box with Taylor Swift immediately after. Like all of the stories are just. Like, I don't think it's scripted, dude, but it's going to look at the If this is Ravens, if this is Ravens and 49ers in the Super Bowl, everything is going to look so bad. So suspicious. I, it's, I, like, I find it, I kind of want it to happen just so social media just talks about it. Like, it goes crazy, it would, bro. It, it will be amusing. Dude, me. was it Ravens 49ers in the Super Bowl when the lights went out, yes. too? Yes. Oh, dude. I want to see that just for the lights going out. <laughs> yes. That was the Beyonce Super Bowl. Yep. Yes. Beyonce I caused the lights to go out. Yeah. That's what I remember it fondly. Yeah. Well, the halftime show, I remember fondly. The game, I don't remember. Are you going to remember Usher's halftime show? Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on what happens. Depends yeah. on the women he brings. Everybody <laughs> remembered uh, Justin Timberlake's halftime yes. show. So. Also, really quick, bro, I got a, I got a pet peeve that I want to talk about, okay? Bro. Really, really quick. It's give like, me two minutes. It's really like quick. midnight and Sunday night. So bro, still, give me, just give me two minutes. Listen, all these women and all these ladies that were on social media, on Facebook, with the Jennifer Lopez and Shakira halftime show being like, this is so, I can't believe they're showing this. There are kids watching. I need y'all to have this exact same energy during the Super Bowl when Usher is grinding all over ladies shirtless. I need y'all to have this same energy, okay? Don't let me down, ladies, all right? Y'all can't go with Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Y'all can't go. This is not good for kids to see. I can't believe they're showing this on national. And then having Usher shirtless grinding all over dancers, grinding all over the state. I need y'all to keep that same energy, okay? Sorry, guys. I'm done now.
Those are some good points there. Those are some good points, my man. Keep that energy. I need y'all to keep that energy. What? Anyway, after all that, and us talking about the... Rob, do you have anything to say about the Chiefs? Chiefs? Not really. I mean, honestly, uh, they kind of covered it all. Josh Allen played his heart out. Patrick Holmes also played pretty good. Isaiah Pacheco played really good. Um, For the Bills... Other, other other people on the Bills really offense tackled. that played well. Khalil Shakir, I'm going to give that guy his credit. He made plays, dude. And James Cook balled out, too. The yeah. second half, there was just nowhere to go. I'm not going to blame James Cook for that. Um, by the way, th- who's the Ty Johnson guy that keeps getting a bunch of care for the? Why do they keep taking James Cook off the field? Like, what are they doing? I don't know. It's so, I don't know. It's so frustrating. People are like, oh, James Cook is just a receiving back, just a receiving back. Every time I see that dude touch the ball, I'm like, that dude's a good running back. When I watch just James Cook play, when I watch James Cook play, I see a young Aaron Jones. Yeah. Like he look they play exactly the same way. Yeah. Aaron Jones and James Cook are basically the same person. James Cook's just younger. Maybe it's just the same thing as the Tony Pollard thing where they just think he's not built to carry that load for a full season and like people thought the same thing about Aaron Jones. Now he didn't go the full season, but he just went five straight weeks of do- dominating the carries yeah. and has he and he looked awesome doing. It. Yeah, but anyway, five weeks is a lot different than seventeen though. But also, you can use a different back leading up to the playoffs, and then once you get to the playoffs, be like, we're using our workhorse guy. Like you are the workhorse guy, yeah. so we're going to use you. Yeah, that's, you know what? <laughs> if you get hurt on the way. That sucks. That's unfortunate. I mean, you know what? The Bills did kind of do that, though. Yeah. Because they had Josh Allen just run the ball like crazy. He's the workhorse back. That's true. Like, all right. Lamar, Lamar also ran the ball like crazy. Yes. yes. All right. It's playoffs now. Quarterback, you're our best running weapon. We're going to use you now. So, anyway, um, I don't have anything else to say about that game. Are we done with that game? Yeah. I'm done with that. Okay. So, that leaves the conference championship matchups as Chiefs at Ravens. And Lions at 49ers. Uh, we'll we'll get into the previews and stuff on Wednesday. Um, we'll talk about different kind of bets, what we think is going to happen. But before we do, before we get out of here, I want to bring up um, our 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 not making the Super Bowl list here. So for me, I'll go on my team first. The teams that are left for me are the Ravens. That's it. The Ravens are my one team that's left. For Ben. Ben has the Chiefs that are left. And, yeah, that's it. Just the Chiefs. And Tanner has the Lions. So we each have one team. Uh, and one of us... And y'all were acting like either, I was crazy last either week, Either me or Ben are going to be the loser here. Uh, are, are going to be a loser. The You could be a loser, too, Tanner. So All, all I'm saying is... I'm sitting in the driver's seat right yeah. now, guys. No, I'm like, sitting in the driver's seat. The only reason I picked the Chiefs instead of the Ravens when I did pick was because of the colors in the picture scheme. I'm not going to lie. So I Don't was like, back into it now, bro. Don't do that now, bro. No. So I, y'all were call- – I just want to point out, y'all were calling me crazy, bro, and I'm in the driver's seat right now. You, we thought you were crazy because you took the Bills over the Rams. Yes. <laughs> and I'm looking very smart for it right now. Bro. I'm also well, maybe if you took the Rams and said you'd already be well, you wouldn't be in the clear because you still have the Lions. I'm but. gonna be hundred percent honest. I didn't know the Rams were an option when I picked the Chiefs. I would have hundred percent picked the Rams. But <laughs> too late for that now. And I would have been done in the first round yeah. if I picked the Rams. Yeah. But I thought the Rams had already been picked. I'm not even gonna lie. So. Yeah. 
So anyway, we all three still have one team going, so we got a lot. To and hit. either me or Brandon are going to lose. Yes, <laughs> we one of us are going to lose. Oh, Tanner, I, it would you know what sucks lose, for me? but he's not going to. So. You know what really sucks for me? And I've got two points to make here, so let me let me go for a second. I've been rooting against the Chiefs and the Ravens all year, and now one of them is guaranteed to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, so that sucks for me. All right, let me say this about the Chiefs real quick. About This is specifically about Patrick Mahomes. Tanner, I think you're going to be the one most interested in this. Okay. So Patrick Mahomes early in his career, especially when he won his first Super Bowl and even his second Super Bowl, I was rooting for Patrick Mahomes to catch Tom Brady and become the new GOAT. Okay, I was rooting for that. I wanted that to happen. I am no longer – I want Tom Brady to remain the GOAT. I am sick of Patrick Mahomes. I I was – I look, here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes – Patrick Mahomes remained being a likable guy a very long time considering who his wife is and who his brother is, okay? I got to give him credit for that. But something in the past year and a half has changed, okay? Something has changed about that guy. He is an absolute prick and a douchebag, okay? I'm sick of seeing... I do not want him to catch Tom Brady. I do, I do not want him to become the new GOAT. I want... I, I rooted against Tom Brady, and I was sick of him being the GOAT, and I wanted somebody to pass him, but I don't want it to be Patrick Mahomes. I want him to be shut down. No more. I, Tom Brady, I, I would much rather you be the GOAT than Patrick Mahomes. I do not want Patrick Mahomes to catch that guy. No, never. Please, I'm, no. Are you done? Yes. Bro. I'm telling you right now, bro, and I literally can't stand this because I think it's ludicrous. If Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl this year, he's on the people will start the goat yeah. conversation. But he'll them. he'll be on the right trajectory. I, th- I think it's insane to already start that personally. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say but, that he is, but he if he wins this year, the trajectory if he continues that, yeah, he would pass Tom Brady, which is unimaginable to be honest with you. But I. I I am so sick of this guy already, dude. And what sucks, he's still so young. He's going to be around he's for a while. He's, he's going to be around for probably the way people are aging now. 12, 13, he might be around 15 more years. Like, I'm going to be an old man by the time he's done, bro. Like, I, like that's annoying to me. Please don't win. I, I, if he wins like two more Super Bowls, dude, people will. some people will legitimately call him the GOAT. If he wins two more. I mean, how many? He has two right. He has two right. So if he wins four, I think that puts him as number two all time behind Tom Brady, right? Nobody I else. I think he would have to get to five before. Is would Joe Montana? Races. How many is Joe Montana? Joe Montana has three. So it, yeah, if Patrick Montana Mahomes gets four, yeah, people are going to start talking about it. You know, Brady's got seven, so he got a long way. But the the, the thing is, way. is I think it's possible for somebody to pass Tom Brady as the goat without passing him in Super Bowl <laughs> rings. Okay, like. Super Bowl rings matter a lot, okay? But you can pass somebody as the GOAT without winning the most. It looks Is Michael Jordan the GOAT or is LeBron the GOAT? Either way, they don't have the most rings. It's a very fine point this man just made. About Did you hear that? Did you hear that, Ben? I already It's a very fine point this man just made. But huh. but neither of them have huh. the most rings. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I get, so, I, like, no, I get you. The, I the get Super Bowls... Even though most Michael Jordan fans want to just act like, yes. you know, Bill Russell doesn't have double the amount that, so, yes. you know, Mike so, has. He does. But, I'm just, but here's yeah. the thing. Like, look. He doesn't have... The Super Bowls almost. that Tom Brady has won, it matters. It is a huge 
point to make for Tom Brady, but yeah. it is not everything. Okay, so let's say I think, I think it matters less in football, dude. Yes, I agree with that. But if I think it's possible, if Patrick Mahomes won five Super Bowls, and he let's say Patrick Mahomes wins five Super Bowls and gets five MVPs, okay, I think Pat, people would have a legitimate argument for Patrick Mahomes to be the go. Which you would can be, have a legit. I would love to dig be, into this conversation another because we could literally spend an hour on yeah. this conversation. Let me let me make it clear. I am not rooting for that. I do not want that to happen. But if he wins five Super Bowls, people will start having those conversations. They're going to start having this conversation maybe, if he wins this year. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. I this actually year. take it back. I actually think a Super Bowl is more important for a quarterback than a ring is for one player in the NBA. Only crazy. Only because the NBA plays the seven-game series. So the best team is going to win every time. That's the only reason I say that, which is another fault with the NBA. But we'll That's why I think it's not as big for football, because you need a lot of luck and a lot of fortunate things to happen to you. Luck is not the right word. Uh, you need a lot of fortunate events to happen. But the quarterback also has to play good. If the yeah. quarterback messes up, you're going to lose that one game, and your team yes. is out of the playoffs. So... So there's something to be said for the consistency of the yes, quarterback. Yes. yes, he needs other things to it's go right great. as well. Yeah, but I'm not arguing in, any of that. In the NBA, the best team is going to win every time. So yeah. that's not exactly true. The, that's the, true. The Warriors that one year were the best team, and LeBron beat them. So that with was, injuries and suspensions. Yeah, stop it. But I do not want to get into this yeah, conversation. We're not. With we're not going to get into it. But but I do but, not want to get into this conversation. And we also act like LeBron had a bunch of chumps on his team, and he did not. I do want to say this is this even though he also beat the seventy three. I, I don't want to get into that, but I want to make this, dude. He started it. I want to make this point about the NBA. It is not technically guaranteed that the best team is going to win the finals. But it is guaranteed that one of the four best teams are going to win the finals. It will be one of the four best every single time, no exceptions. The NFL is not that way. The MLB is not that way. Not at all in the MLB. The MLB is not at all like that at all. Um, but so, anyway, with that being said, the ring thing, it matters. The Super Bowl trophy thing, it matters. But I think Patrick Mahomes could pass Tom Brady without winning seven Super Bowls. And let's make it clear right now. Patrick Holmes isn't winning seven Super Bowls, okay? Like, it's not going to happen. Andy um, Reid will retire. Yeah. I think Andy Reid's going to retire within three days. One of the biggest reasons why Patrick, that's just not going to happen for Patrick Mahomes, look at the rest of the NFL right now. Look at these young quarterbacks, dude. You're, you're going to tell me that these guys aren't going to win Super Bowls at some point in their career? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Shroud, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert. Who am I missing? Uh, Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. I mean, these guys, you're going to tell me they're just not winning Super Bowls? Some of these guys are going to win some Super Bowls, bro. Like, these guys are good. Um, But anyway, I uh, and I know I missed a couple of big names there, but just for the sake of speed, we need to Will Levis. <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, we don't know yet. Breska. We'll I think he's in that conversation, but the team around him yeah, is not the team. They got to make some some changes. Uh, but anyway. Marks Young is also in that I like Tanner, any, any updates on the coach, sir, for the Titans? Yes, so we have interviewed we have interviewed three to five different people. We're, we have an interview set with Dan Quinn. We have no, don't do it. Oh I, no, I don't want it. No, yeah. I don't want it. We have done an online interview with the Texans OC. I cannot remember what his name is. It's an it's an odd name. Yeah, we. Have, I like him. I like him. Oh, I I want him. Yeah. No, I want him. Oh, uh, oh you want him? Him wow. and the Bengals, oh. not. But <laughs> him and the Bengals OC as well. Um. I know it's not gonna be. I know it's gonna the be Bengals a longer. OC? 
No, don't do yeah. that. Would He's it? not the guy even calling Brian, Brian Callahan? No. Is that his name? Brian Callahan? I'm pretty sure it's Brian Callahan. The, here's the rule, Titans. Do not hire an offensive coordinator as a head coach that's under a head coach that calls the offensive plays. That's just stupid. No, I agree. Don't do that. Um, they need to get either the Texans' offensive coordinator Lions or the Lions' offensive coordinator. coordinator. We've it's, also interviewed the Ravens' defensive coordinator as well. If it's I, anybody other than those two offensive coordinators that you just talked about, the Titans have screwed up big time. I, and I realize, and, and I want to say this, because we have interviewed at least four to five defensive-minded head coaches. And I get Look, I, I'm not going to be one of those Titans fans that freak out. Like, I get it. You're interviewing them. A lot of times you interview trying to get information. Like, okay, I, I understand that, okay? But the only thing, like, you have to, one, we already talked about this. You have to hire an offensive-minded head coach for Will Levis's sake. Yes. Like, you cannot hire a defensive mind and play offensive coordinator carousel on Will Levis. You just, you can't do that. You're going to ruin that guy. You no. cannot do that, okay? And with the way the, with the, way the NFL is right now, Literally five of the last six Super Bowl teams have been offensive-minded head coaches. Yep. So you just – and I know, like, I'm not freaking out, honestly. Like, I really feel like when push comes to shove, Rand is going to hire an offensive-minded coach. I really want dude from the Texans. I either want dude from the Texans or dude from the Lions. Like, I wouldn't be uh, – Brian Callahan is kind of like an okay to me. Like – if we hire Brian Callahan, like, I'm not going to be super upset with that hire. I won't be as upset about it as it sounds like you would be upset about oh, that I think hire. It's terrible. But, Don't like, do we've seen too many, too many examples that that doesn't work. It I just, get it. Yeah. I, I'm more, I'm more, the, 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 what I would want to focus on in that aspect would be the situation that Brian Callahan is coming out of with a quarterback like Joe Burrow, young, literally a superstar in the NFL. I mean, literally the Bengals would be in the playoffs right now if he didn't get injured. I mean, we, we all know that, okay? Yeah. They were a bona fide playoff team, possibly, arguably, one of the best teams in the entire AFC before yeah. he went down. Yeah, they were okay? So you have the experience. You have the experience from that. So... That's what I would be trying to hang on to if we were to hire Brian Callahan. Here's the there, one reason. One reason. There's multiple reasons why I don't. I wouldn't like that hire. One, I already pointed out, offensive coordinators underneath offensive head coaches that aren't playing, calling the plays. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. But two, even if he was calling the plays with the Bengals' offense, one, you've got a Pro Bowler with Joe Burrow already. Yeah. So they did make Jake Browning look fantastic, though. Jake Browning looked good in a few games as well. But also, they have an elite receiving core, possibly the best receiving core in the NFL. The yeah. Titans do not have that. Okay, so he he would have to run the offense entirely differently. Now, one reason why they may want to hire that guy is because they could probably get T. Higgins at a discount if they hired him. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I could think of yeah. at all why they would want to do that. Yeah, that's the only reason I I could. Even I think it's no one benefit. I don't know if T. Higgins wants to play for that dude with the season that he had. He might be tired of that dude. T. Higgins yeah, like, did pretty well though, especially at the end of the year. At the end, yeah. But I'm saying like he didn't call a play for he me at all. At, he got it going at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, the end of the year he gets he, got he wasn't call, he wasn't the one calling the plays. We man. also interviewed um 
I'm struggling with names right now. We also interviewed the Raiders interim head coach, but it looks like he's staying with the Raiders. Oh, he already he already, he already, he already, he already, yeah, already did with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. So we, I think that would have been a bad. bad I know we too. interviewed. Yeah, because once again, he's a defensive minded. Head he's coach, a defensive mind, so. but also that dude. He's a lot like Vrabel in the sense that he's a high energy guy. Yeah. Like I don't even I don't know if that guy knows as much about X's and O's to be honest with you. But he has got a high energy, and the players play hard. For Max him. Crosby, dude, loves that guy. Oh yeah, he oh, literally cool. came out and said that, he would leave. If jo- Josh him. Jacobs did the same thing. He yeah. said he would leave if they didn't hire Look, him. Too. Like players love those kind of guys, but at the end of the day. Those guys have got to be able to beat the coaches on the other sideline. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter whether your players are playing that hard or not. Now, uh, Dan is it Dan Campbell, the coach for the Lions? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. He's that kind of guy where the players play hard for him. But he's but an he, X and O guy. You know what he he got a freaking awesome offensive coordinator that knows what the heck he's doing, and he's got a great defensive scheme as well. Okay. Yeah. So like that's that's what it takes if you're going to be one of those those high energy kind of coaches. You can't just be high energy. Well, and that's um, that's the thing. Were you done? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That. That's the thing, like, that's one knock that I have against Vrabel is Vrabel is a great, Vrabel was a great coach. But, man, when push comes to shove, I mean, can we really say he was very good at putting coordinators around him in his hiring process? I mean, he, he Todd did. Downing was Todd Downing was trash. The, the he hung first, on to Todd Downing way, way too. The long. first several years, I mean, he did a great job. I, Matt, La, Matt Lafleur into those situations. Matt Lafleur, I thought he brought Matt Lafleur in whenever I he came. Think he brought no, Matt Lafleur in. I, I'm, Matt Lafleur was not there before Mike Vrabel did. He, he he was not there. Are you sure? Yeah, Matt Matt Lafleur was with the Falcons the year they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Matt Lafleur was still with the Falcons that year. So it, anyway. He, he he had Matt Lafleur. Then he got Arthur's. He he hired Arthur Smith from within, and that worked out great too. I thought he did a great job with those. And then after that, things started falling apart uh, because I don't know if he started wanting to have more control on how the offense was ran. I don't know. But when Matt Lafleur was there and Arthur Smith, they were aggressive at certain. They were super creative. They did fun, creative things, dude. Well, you then, also have to realize as well. You have to realize the offensive line that they had at the time as yes, well. You still had been, you still had been job. Like, like that prob- offensive line be between best. 2018 to 20, I would say 2018 to like 2020, that was the top five offensive line in the entire NFL. One, one I'm of, sorry. The year the year that they got the one seed, that was the best offensive that was line. 20, that was 2020. That was the best offensive line in the NFL. That was 2020. Um, no, tw- let's say 2020 heading into the 2021 season. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, uh, Anyway, so no, we we we, we, we spent too much time talking about the Titans on this, but yeah, I, it needs to be offensive mind. Bottom line, if they hire a defensive dude, they screwed up big time because they just wasted Will Levis if they did that. Yeah, no, um, I agree one hundred. So anyway, um, we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, we will talk to you guys. By the way, we're releasing this a day early this week. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, we we will return to you on our normal Wednesday scheduling. And uh, we'll talk. We'll preview the conference championship games. Uh, anything got you? Anything else you guys want to say? You? No, I'm, I'm probably gonna go home and go to bed, dude. I would love to get paid to sleep, dude. That would be a dream job. <laughs>